Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Jordan Canlis here, speaker, coach, and founder of State Shifters, and you're listening to the State Shifters podcast, the show designed to help conscious achievers master their internal state and break free from the limiting patterns that are keeping them stuck so you can live a life of passion, purpose, and freedom. And on this podcast, you're going to receive everything you need to evolve physically, emotionally, spiritually, and you're going to be getting the tools, the strategies, the live coaching, interviews, all from conscious creators who are also living their purpose and leaving their mark on the world. And really, it's it's my belief that we're all capable of greatness. And once we have the courage to own our pain and learn the lessons from our past, we can create a future built around our purpose. And my intention with this show is to really give you the resources you need to help to tap into your unique soul mission and really live life from a beautiful state of being. So with that being said, if you want more resources, tools, support on your journey, then feel free to go to state-shifters.com. I have a few, few free workbooks and webinars and videos you can check out. If you want to join my free Facebook community, you can click the link in the show description. And if you're interested in getting help from me or some mentoring, if you want to accelerate your evolution and move beyond these limiting patterns that are holding you back from living your soul's purpose, then send me an email, jordan at state-shifters.com or go to state-shifters.com slash work with me and we can tee up a call. Other than that, enjoy today's episode. Welcome to the State Shifters Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you discover your true potential through connecting the mind, body, and soul. What's going on, guys? Doing a quick live here with a special guest. I've got a friend of mine who's going to be coming live with me, and I'm going to get him to join very shortly. Jericho is based in the UK, UK, a lot of Europe, hey, and now a lot of Ontario, Canada, back into some pretty intense lockdown. Out here in Western Australia, we're pretty, we're pretty fortunate. There's not too much happening in terms of virus out here, so I haven't experienced the intensity of the lockdown as to what some other people around the world have. But Jericho, my man in London, he's, he's, living, he's living through it. When he does join, we're going to go through some of the ways in which you can establish the right kind of habits and traits during a period like this, during a period in time when a lot of people are so restricted as to where they can go and what they can do and also what they can think. So, you know, we're now being swept up in little like bubbles of thinking that we're getting disconnected from how to actually disseminate the truth, decipher the truth from all the noise. Jericho, here we go. Hey, hey there man. you go. What's happening, brother? Okay. I've been I've been talking you up over the last few minutes trying to get you to join. Me. <laughs> you know, this happened. This, this happened yesterday. I was on another live as well, and and for some reason I couldn't join the first time, so I had to close it and join again. But thanks for thanks for being patient, man. Yeah, no worries, brother. No worries. I was just, uh, you know, reflecting on an intention I wanted to set for the live. I've titled the live Surviving Lockdown. You know, I'm not really going through a heavy lockdown at all. Perth, Western Australia hasn't really experienced the intensity as to which you are. Most of Europe is. Ontario, yeah. Canada is. Melbourne. Mate, you're in, you're in like full on lockdown. And you're someone who I know is still able to maintain really high standards, still able to adopt a way of being that's allowed you to thrive during a time yeah. when most people are, are really struggling. So tell me a little bit more about what's been going down in, in your end of the world and what's been going through your mind to help you through this time. 
Yeah, so it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting time. You know, there's, there's been a lot of people who have been affected in a way where they've lost their job, for example, or they've been put on furlough, which is where, you know, you're told to not come to work, but you're still getting a, a percentage of your salary. People have lost people to the virus, you know, like family yeah. members and friends. I am fortunate enough that I haven't experienced any of that. Right. I haven't experienced losing someone. I haven't experienced losing a job. I haven't experienced any of that. So for me personally, it's been time where I can really focus on myself. Right. I really focus on myself and the things that I want to create in my life rather than rather than being a subject to what's happening in the world. And the kind of, you know, I was actually out in London just kind of walking around the streets the other day and it was like a ghost town. Like it's no one's around, everything's shut, you know, food places and, and places like that are still open for takeaway and, and things like this, but it really has taken a, an effect on the confidence in people to, to, just, to just go out, right? Well, first of all, because uh, there's nothing open and there's just this whole kind of fear around um, what is allowed, what's not allowed. The rules over here are actually not that clear, right? So the yeah. government are saying like, you can, you can go out to meet, one person from one other household but then like schools are open so the kids can mix with however many people there are in their class and then those kids come home and then you know so for a while it's been very confusing and you know there's just a lot going on at the moment and, and there are people really kind of buying into this idea that they should be scared otherwise they're not going to survive right this this yeah. idea of living in fear is the only right way to live and like I said, for me personally, I haven't kind of, I haven't taken that story to be true for myself. And I've been able to make a lot of actually shifts from the first lockdown, because this is our second one, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is our second lockdown. So I've been able to use that time to work on myself so that then I can shift the things that are happening in my own personal reality, which is, it's starting to feel like it's very different to what's going on in the world right now. But that's, that's the kind of thing that's happening over here. Yeah, man, it's a, it's surreal. And every time we chat, I'm always like a little bit bewildered by how intense it is. And a lot of the people who I talk with who are in different parts of the world, how intense yeah. it is there and how much yeah. I sympathize and empathize with what you guys are going through in terms of how restricted you are in, in regards to what you can do. Now, yeah. yes, there is a restriction around what you can do, but we've spoken so much about, you know, still prioritizing who you can be during this time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still getting clear on, okay, who do I want to show up as for myself? Given the fact that you know, a lot of things, you can easily create excuses. So easy to create excuses during time. Of, ah, gyms are closed. I can't, I can't work out. I'm just going to sit at home and watch Netflix. You know, like yeah. these excuses, they're, they're, they're very easy to, to, to over, over, overwhelm us and cut us off from, from being the person we know you know, we want to be during this period in our life. So tell me a little bit more about like who you've chosen to be throughout this yeah. time, maybe how you've been able to just like maintain that as like, is there certain things you've been doing to support that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. You know, there's, we talk a lot about, you know, where we feel resistance. Um, that's usually the first place we have to go right mm. the places where we feel resistance the most that's usually the place we we have to go first and i've in in the beginning you know in the first lockdown i kind of i had this massive resistance to doing any exercise <laughs> mm. 
I had a big resistance to it. I was like, I don't need to do it. The gyms are closed. I'm good. Like I was going to the gym, like I was going to the gym very, very often. I was like, I'm good for at least a month. Right. I don't yeah. need to go. I didn't want to, like, I didn't like, I like going to a gym. I don't necessarily like working out outside, even though I've done yeah. it before. And so, like you said, it was just a decision, right? It was a decision to say to myself, I'm going to show up every day as the person who gets outside and runs a few kilometers every day. And then I'm going to be the person that sticks to that because I know, because I have so much resistance to it, I know it's going to teach me something while I'm continuing to do it. And then it, that in itself, the act of getting up and running mm. or, you know, doing whatever it is where, you know, when I start, it's like, shit, I got to do this for however many minutes. But the more you just focus on the fact that you're there, you kind of step into somewhere new. And all of a sudden, these thoughts and ideas start coming and you start really, for me personally, anyway, this is what's been happening. It's like, I'm getting inspiration while I'm keeping myself to this standard, right? So like you said, it was a decision. You get to decide who you turn up as. You get to decide who you show up as. And that has been something that has been supporting to me, especially when there were so many restrictions, right? Like external restrictions to what we can do. I decided to be the person that is going to take command of the things that I can control. I can control how often I go out and run. I can control what I consume on social media, on TV. You know, I actually don't watch that much TV or the news or anything like that. And that's been actually really important for how I've been able to stay inside myself rather than being consumed by what I'm consuming, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's one really important thing that I learned is that when I decided I was going to take control of it, it was then something that was contributing to my expansion, contributing to my development. And this is why it's been so important to actively choose these things, not just running or not just working out, but something that puts you in a place of inspiration, something that puts you in a place of, you know, something that brings you a level of fulfillment or something like this. When you find something like that, and especially in a time where you're being told not to do things and you're being told not to meet people and you're being told not to connect, right? Those things became my priorities. The things that I was told not to do or the things that I felt like I couldn't do, those things became my priorities. And I decided I was gonna show up every day as that person. So I made sure I had this routine that was locked in. I made sure I got up every day and committed to that because the moment that you commit to yourself, you find that you can trust yourself a lot more. And then the bigger things in life that you're scared of don't seem so scary anymore. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. Wow, yeah, I, I totally resonate with that. A couple of main things that came out of that from what you were sharing, what a lot of people struggle with, which is discipline and self-accountability. Yeah. Because Right now, ain't no one holding us accountable for this shit. Right, like, right. You know, you can't book a personal trainer and, and, and show up at the gym and someone's going to keep you accountable. It's like now it's just you against you, you know? So it's like, do you get up and go for your run or do you sleep in? So that, that yeah. level of self-accountability now that is really is such an important trait and attribute to develop no matter what it is that you do going forward, whether you run a business, you work in a career, whatever it is that you do, this this is like a foundational trait to, to cultivate. So when it comes to discipline, because you know how much I, I thrive off discipline, I, I feel like it's yeah. such a crucial part of behavior change. Yeah, for sure. What, what for you has allowed you to develop that level of 
discipline and self-accountability is there like a a vision or a goal that you have in mind that you're reminding yourself as as fuel when things get tough like what is what is helping you with the discipline part yeah it's a good question you know for me the thing that keeps me going the thing the thing that i feel like i have the opportunity to keep myself to is is the fact that i know these things are going to expand me. Like I said, I said a while ago, right? I'm, I'm following that feeling. And sometimes I don't even know exactly what it is. Sometimes yeah. I don't know exactly I'm doing this because of this. And there's like a, a one external reason why I'm doing something. But I follow the feeling of what makes me feel like a better version of myself 10 minutes ago, you know? And as long as I'm following that feeling, then everything gets to be everything gets to be something that I enjoy. Because if I know I approach something that is going to make me feel good or, or that I get something from it just by doing something, then that's what keeps me going. Like even these little, um, like, first of all, just for context, right? <laughs> just for mm-hmm. context, like, I don't like running. Yeah. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't like running. I don't, I, you know, I would well, historically, I would prefer to go to the gym or do like calisthenics. Like I really enjoy that kind of stuff. It really pushes me. And running was something I never enjoyed, right? But it's, it's just the, the, the small things, like just seeing how much I can do. What, what am I capable of? And then seeing if I can tell myself, tomorrow I'm going to beat what I just did. Whether it's a distance, a time, or a pace, you know, whatever it is, I just choose something and say, I'm going to, challenge myself just to see if I can do it right so the challenge is setting a challenge is one thing but actually showing up and then deciding to take action on that and say I'm going to run this much today because I want to see if I can just do it and in that process in the process of trying to beat yourself you start to become driven by the feeling that you're becoming a better person you're becoming and not just at running, right? This can apply to anything. You yeah. start to get driven by the fact that the more you do this, you're going to become better in way more ways than you can imagine. So not just running, but your mindset to everything starts to change. And if you can apply this thing to this, you know, the smallest thing in your life, it really starts to make an impact. So, you know, I started to apply that to my work. I started to apply that in my relationships. How can I be with people and actually be, you know, a space for people to be heard? How can I do that and make them feel even more welcome? How can I, you know, I started to do this to all parts of my life. So that was the kind of driver for my discipline is understanding that I'm following the feeling of something that I know is going to expand me. And it's been, it's been the most fulfilling and effective way for me. Mate, you hit the nail on the head with that because it's the momentum that gets created when you start off with something small, like a little daily commitment that you have to yourself, whether it's going for a run, doing a little bit of meditation, whatever it may be, and yeah. fulfilling on that commitment, that self-integrity yeah. that you create, that is moving you towards something that's expanding you because you feel really good at the end of this, this workout or habit that you've created. And then as you stack that commitment, it turns into like a way of being that turns into something that you've expanded into this new version of you. And then yeah. you do larger capacity like you've just shown to yourself that you have the ability to move in 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 that direction even though it may feel uncomfortable so that uh, that Mm. does something to your mind 
re- like it really does, right? When you, when you overcome or you push through that, that initial resistance and say, no, 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 I'm going to like see this out. I'm going to maintain this commitment with myself. This is for me only. I don't like, you're not doing it for anyone else. It's yeah. for you. So it's yeah. like, this is for like for, for you guys and everyone who is in these, these, this period, it's like, it's, it's, it's you against you. It's like, it's such an opportunity to really develop that relationship with yourself. And that mm. comes to discipline that, that you're showing up. I'm like really thriving off this because I, because I had a conversation with someone in Germany who's going through something similar, really struggling with like the discipline to get up and just like commit to things. And you nailed it there with the momentum thing. Like that's, that's so, that's so powerful when you just win the small things. Don't try to like fucking take over the world and like have these marathon runs every day. If you have the small little wins. Yeah, exactly. You probably observed that, right? Like what were the small things you started off with first to build that momentum? The small things, the small things like, if we're continuing to talk about running, the small things were like, um, can, I, can I run at the same time every day, mm. right? Can I, can I wake up early enough? Can I run at the same time every day, yeah. right? So it was nothing to do with the actual run. It was just being able to run at the same time, no matter how long yeah. it took, or if I gave up, or if I, like, if I did a shorter run, or if I did a longer run, it was just about, can I run at the same time? And then mm. I was like, okay, once I did that for a few days, I was like, all right, I can run at the same time every day. My body was already kind of waking up on its own. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, can I, can I um, get my pace down? Or can I, can I just notice what my pace is? And then the next time I can try and improve that, right? So yeah. it, really, it really is the smallest thing. Like it really is the smallest thing um, that, that helps you to understand that, you know, when you build when you build that, the, when you build that small thing to make it a, a value that you hold, right? I value making sure that I, that I turn up on time. I value making sure that I wake up in time. I value making sure that I'm not rushed out the door because I don't like doing that. I don't like waking up and going to run straight away. I like making sure I'm like awake, like mentally yeah. ready to run. <laughs> yeah. I, know some, I know some people can get out the door straight away, but not me. Just roll out of bed onto the... Right. Onto the yeah, yeah, like... <laughs> You were half asleep, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it was just, you know, the smallest thing that I started with was just making sure I can start my run at around the same time every day, right? And sometimes it would be earlier, sometimes it would be later, but average, it would be the same time. Um, and that was important, you know? It was like this James Clear he talks about in, in mm-hmm. um, Common Habits, yeah. right? He, he talks about showing up, showing up as the person um who is already that thing so so again talking about running he's like if i want to run a marathon i'm not going to say i I can't run a marathon because i don't do that but if you show up as a runner then if if i identify as a runner then it's like i am a runner and a runner is going to train hard enough to be able to run a marathon and so it puts you in a different place um so it's, it's a really good example and i think that's what that's what i started with i started with can i can i make sure i'm turning up to that park at around the same time every single day and then and then i just kind of built it from there all right i've turned up now can i run the same number of laps around this park every day and then okay can i improve that and then mm-hmm. and then just slowly starting to get more consistent or or faster or whatever it was right yeah big time and it, and that's connected with the even simpler things such as like going to bed and waking up at the same time yeah every no exactly and how, and how impactful that is, you know, in syncing up a rhythm, 
a circadian rhythm so your body is more in sync eating at the same time mm -hmm. as every day you know like those little things i call them like the one percenters right and sometimes people mm -hmm. overlook one percenters but when you stack up those one percenters you know consistently it turns into like a 36 percent improvement over the yeah, year yeah exactly yeah. So you can't overlook the one percenters like they're actually where it's at you're like stacking those small wins that have a yeah. big impact on the line so yeah thanks for sharing that man i really the, the running one resonates because i really struggled with that when i had my two weeks of lockdown out here two weeks of quarantine <laughs> yeah. i struggled with the running and i and i really the working out component was tough because yeah. i had a lot of resistance like those excuses around i need to go to the gym or i like training in groups or whatever it's yeah. like that's such an opportunity there, like we said at the start, around looking at where where am I most in resistance in life? Where what are the areas where I have a lot of blocks or avoidance around doing that certain habit or becoming that person? And it's oftentimes that's where the most growth is available. And it's actually yeah. during a period in time where we're getting to see, wow, there's all this resistance that's been down here all along, but I just haven't looked at it because I've been so preoccupied with all these other like coping mechanisms that we we haven't had to face these things that are down there so it's like yeah. this is such an opportunity even though it seems like it's such a burden to be locked inside or in lockdown or restricted in where we can travel it's an opportunity because for us we've never been alive at a time where we've had to be in one place for for such a long period of time so yeah what have you what have you noticed when it comes to yourself and some coaching conversations you've been having because we're both coaches we're both yeah. holding space for people as they go through their process during this period in time uh, yeah. what have been some things that you've noticed coming up for people uh whether it be emotionally emotional process whether it be like suppressed emotions that might be coming up right now that you've really noticed in the conversations you're having as a correlation or a pattern that you may be seeing in people, particularly in lockdown. Yeah, so you know, I've been doing I've been doing a lot of work with the people that I'm working with at the moment around not just not just the kind of trapped emotions that they haven't allowed themselves to feel or allowed them to resolve, but also the stories that are attached to those things, the stories that are attached to the emotions, right? Because more often than not, the the, the emotion is like the emotion is just the surface thing. The emotion is the thing that's trying to show you there's a story. There's, there's a, yeah. The emotion is the thing at the surface. And, you know, the things that have been coming up, especially now is like, especially actually with me as well, I've, I've experienced this myself. There's been feelings of loneliness, right? Mm. The feeling of being alone. That, that was one that came up for a few of my clients, actually. Yeah. This, feeling of being, this feeling of being alone or, or, or scared of not knowing as well. This idea yeah. that they don't know what's going to happen, the idea that they're losing the stability in their life, right? You know, I'm on furlough right now, and I, I don't know if at the end of this furlough scheme, I'm going to lose my job, for example, right? So the, the uncertainty, the, the feeling of kind of being alone because they can't socialize with the people that they usually socialize with at the times they usually socialize them with, right? It's, it's those things that have really been common um, mm. in terms of the feelings, right? The, the, the feelings, the triggers of uh, the stories that have been underneath that. And actually, when we dig a little deeper, all of those things, especially now, and, and it makes complete sense, right? 
all of those things are leaders, are, are like indicators to this fear of, of running out of money. That has been a huge one. That's been a yeah. huge one. And, you know, I'm working with a singer at the moment, one, one person's a singer. And I love telling her story because it's so, it, it, it's so kind of indicative of what's been going on. So she's in a place where, you know, this is, this is what she, she does full time, right? She does it full time. And um, obviously now with everything shut down, she can't do shows. Um, and she's trying to organize, she's trying to pivot. Like she's taken her initiative to pivot, try and do some online streams, trying to do some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And we, we kind of navigated all the things that she was feeling, navigated all the things that she was kind of experiencing. And uh, we pulled out a story that we put asking for money was manipulative because she had a habit. She had a habit of making her shows free. And she was like, right. I'm doing something good and something, something good's going to happen back to me. Right. Mm. Um, so we pulled out the story that asking for money was manipulative. And we realized actually that was blocking her from really doing things that she wanted to do because she thought, you know, at this time, especially she needs money to survive. Right. We all do. So that's, that's an example of how the emotions are just the triggers. Like she started to feel like unsure. She started to feel all these things. And actually behind that, there was a deeper story of running out or like this, this feeling of unworthiness, this feeling of scarcity. And, and actually they're probably two of the most common things. And I'm sure you would agree with that, that two of the most common things are unworthiness and scarcity. And so the thing that I learned recently is the deeper that I can get with myself I'm then able to show up for other people and, and with that capacity, I can, I can show up for someone else with the capacity that I've gone deeper mm. with myself, if that makes sense, right? Yeah, definitely, definitely does. Yeah, I feel that in terms of, I mean, this is just like something I'll share with you, like over the last week, like last week, I really felt like I was carrying like some heavy energy around and I can mm. notice how that showing up in some of the conversations I was having. I didn't feel like this lightness and, and flow in, in the work that I was doing. And over the weekend, it was like really like slowed down. And this is, I'm sure, something you do as well. And I'd invite other people to do as well. If you ever feel like you're carrying on to a lot of energy, pulling right back and slowing down and actually going mm. in, be with these parts that you've just addressed and those stories that we sometimes carry around and really get to get into them, like be with them, experience them, feel them, get to know what the, the energy is like. And when, when I gave myself this time and space to just like acknowledge and honor the fact that like I was not feeling my best, you then get to like release or let go or that energy starts to move. And the difference between trying to force things and just honoring and allowing things and just being in alignment with yourself and just trusting that what I feel right now is perfect and it's exactly what I'm meant to feel and it's beautiful mm. and there's no right, there's no wrong, it's just this is what I feel and that's fine and that's okay and I'm going to honor that. Learning that process, you know, as a coach or as someone who is looking to just become the best version of themselves, that process is, in my opinion, the pathway to being the fullest expression of you and mm. it's so freaking simple but it's so hard sometimes because <laughs> yeah. we've been dishoned out of to just honoring what we feel and have you been able to i guess develop a way of understanding or 
knowing yourself in a way to go, hey, this is what I need right now. And then honoring that, like what's helped you with that? I think, I think the most important thing is, is like you said, is, is slowing down enough so that you can see how your body feels. Mm. And I feel, like, I feel like I say this a lot, but I'm gonna say it again because it's so important. You know, our head is only like a fraction of our body, right? Our head is only a fraction of our body and we have, we have the rest of our body to listen to, but most of us listen to this small part of yeah. our body. It's like, such, it's, the, it's probably a small part compared to, you know, well it is, it's a small part compared to the rest. Yeah. And, and what you said about slowing down, the reason why we feel like we need to slow down in the first place is because our mind is running at a hundred miles a second. You know, mm -hmm. our mind is doing that. Like our body's not doing that. Our body's staying still. We could be sitting in a chair and we feel like we're going so fast, right? Yeah. Because we think about life happening in the future. We think about everything that happened in the past. We think about mm -hmm. things that could go wrong in front of us. And, you know, everything happens so fast in our heads. And, and one of the most important things that, you know, I've been practicing is slowing down enough to feel my body and listen to what it's actually telling me, right? So usually, and I've tried to kind of take a mental note of the things that come up often. And usually there are a few things like a, a heaviness in my heart or like a, what's the mm -hmm. word I'm looking for? Just like there's a weight on my shoulders or there's like a wrenching in my stomach or just list, really listening. And it might not be like the most obvious feeling, but when you feel there's something, it's like, okay, is there something for me to learn here? And mm -hmm. it's in those moments, especially like you said, as a coach, right? It's in those moments where if I can identify it for myself and if I can feel it fully for myself, then I can notice when someone is saying something that sounds like that emotion because they don't know what they're feeling sometimes, mm -hmm. right? People don't know what they're feeling. So if they speak, if they describe something and it's like, okay, you can reflect it back to them. Is this what you're feeling? Do you feel like this? And if they say yes, and it's like, okay, you know, you've, you've given yourself the, the tools to, to identify what others are feeling. So it's, it's so important to be able to do that, especially as coaches. And that's what I've been doing or something that I've been kind of practicing is not just the slowing down bit in, for example, a meditation, but making sure I check in with what my body is trying to tell me and mm -hmm. almost being like, a, like an intuitive translator <laughs> for what, the, <laughs> what those things are saying. Because sometimes it's not clear, right? And you really have to spend time. And that's the point, you slow down enough not to overthink it, but just to feel it, just to let it say whatever it needs to say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the, the ability to slow the mind down enough to really sensitize ourselves to those feelings is, is so freaking crucial. And yeah. like, because like you, like you said, sometimes the mind's so freaking active that we don't even notice the subtle guidance the body's saying to us. Oh, hey, slow yeah. down, sleep a bit more. Don't go to the gym today. You know, like it, it and, I, and I put my hand up. I've like, I've definitely been, you know, caught in that cycle of like mind being too busy and I've been disconnected from my guidance. So yeah, me too. a lot of it is slowing down what we do. And, and I realized that actually that doesn't, mm. that doesn't just end in like meditation is not the only thing that we have available to us to, cultivate that ability it's it's mm. in everything like i even know it's getting up in the morning to make a cup of tea or to make my cacao it's like 
Can yeah. I do it slowly? <laughs> Can I just be yeah. really mindful of all these little movements? When we yeah. eat, when we go for walks, you know, everything we do, the slower you do it, the more tuned in you are, the more aware you are, the more sensitive you are to this guidance we're talking about. So yeah. it becomes just a way of living. And, and I really feel a resonance with you and the way you've chosen to live because I've chosen that way as well to make this a number one priority, to make being aware of what we feel moment to moment, not just when we're in meditation, <laughs> not just when yeah. we're at yoga, all the freaking time, because yeah. you know that's where, that's where the guidance is, that's where your intuition lies, and that's when life is trying to direct us to go a certain way. So, mm. fuck, it's, it's, yeah, I'm really, I'm really passionate about that, just, just living yeah. from it, yeah, for not sure. just accessing it, living it, uh, because yeah. there's a, big, a lot of people out there chirping about accessing these states, but there's not too many who are, who are living it. And mm. I've told you this before, man, I, I really, I truly believe like you, you're embodying this, this work. And it's important that we don't fluff over spirituality and fluff over what living like this requires, because it does require work. It requires a level of presence and attention and training and, and, and commitment to the present yeah. moment to be able to live like that. Fuck man. I'm like, the more I try to commit to it, the more I realize how far away I am from living yeah. in alignment with that truth. Yeah, yeah. Makes it it's, fun. That's yeah, what makes such it. A, yeah. Yeah, of course. It's it's like a it's it's such a long it's like a long journey that you can't even say how long it is, right? Like the longer you stay on this journey, it just gets longer. Yeah. And for me that's the kind of like you said, it's the fun part, right? It's like you've learned all this stuff up to here, but actually as soon as you get here you realize there's so much more and then you even get to that place and then you realize there's so much more and every yeah. step, every kind of moment you get to where you have this kind of eureka moment, there's like a, a million more to come. And, and that's what's exciting. That's what's exciting. The more, the more moments you can have, like eureka moments you can have for yourself, that's what's really exciting. And I wanted to say something actually about, in relation to what we were just talking about. Mm. Um, yeah. And you, you were saying it, uh, you were saying it in a way it was like, how can we live from these places, right? So not just about, not just about accessing it from, for example, a meditation, but how can we actually live like that day to day? And someone, someone said the other day, I heard someone say, I, I can't remember now. Um, but they were saying, actually, if you think about it, right, no one really pays attention to their body 24 seven. Yeah. Right. You have to, you have to tell someone to um, think of your foot, for example, feel like, even just now, feel your foot, feel your right foot. And then you send your attention. You're like, okay, that's what my right foot feels like. But living, being able to live from these states or live from this place is like feeling your body all the time, just all the time, just understanding if there's, if there's something that comes up, it's like, okay, you know, there's something there. And it's not, it's not like you always have to investigate it and, and like take it to a meditation and think, oh, there was a, there was a little twinge in my, in my little toe and now I need to meditate about it but it's just about being able to, right? Being able to be that aware that if something does happen, then there's no question. It's like, I'm, I've seen it, I'm aware of it, and I'm, and I'm gonna choose to resolve it. I'm gonna choose to, to speak to it. I'm gonna choose to let it process. And that is something that, we, that not a lot of people do. It's something that people have difficulty with because you know, the moment that someone tries to sit down in a meditation or the moment that someone tries to take a walk in nature, the moment someone tries to journal, there's these distractions that give them more pleasure because they're used to that type of energy. Yeah. 
right? They're distracted by, oh, I'm going to stop meditating 10 minutes early because I want to go and watch TV or I'm going to look at my phone while I'm walking in nature. Like it just defeats the whole point, right? And so we have to be careful of not doing these things to try and say that we've done them to ourselves, yeah. to try and say them. We have to do them to experience what the actual experience is, if that makes sense. So rather than just saying, oh, I meditated this morning or oh, I meditated yesterday, it's I felt myself in meditation yesterday or I felt the walk, I felt nature, I felt, you know, how can we prioritize the feelings so that we can live in this way almost indefinitely forever, right? Very well said. And that goes back to like the intention behind it, you know, what's your intention behind going for your morning walk? behind your meditation mm. behind your eating like just the minute you infuse intentionality into everything you do you start to realize that wait a second these little simple little practices these simple little things that i do have a different dimension you know yeah. they're not just means to an end i got to get yeah. through this drive so i can get to my yoga class and be in union <laughs> mm. what if the drive was the yoga what if the walk was the yoga what if the food yeah. was was the end you know, we're eating to get full, you know, like, it's like, no, like, it's the process. It's the process. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big one. That's a big one for me, man. Like I've got, a, have I tend to, I just tend to eat my meals really fast. <laughs> and I'm trying to be a little bit more mindful with that, like, uh, you know, giving myself time, like, and actually appreciating what's in front of me rather than just shoveling it down. I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same. And, and it's, un it's uncomfortable because we're so used to an old pattern, an old way. Yeah. And to, to build the new pattern is always going to require coming up against the resistance. Like mm. it's the exact same as working out. You go to the gym and you haven't worked out for a while. It's hard. There's some resistance. But the more you do it, the easier yeah. it gets. And we overlook the resistance that comes up in the little things. Like stop mm. checking your phone first thing in the morning. And mm. I apologize. You've just woken up and you've just checked your phone and seen us. That's fine. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but like, it's a habit for so many people to wake up and check your phone. Yeah. And there's a bit of, there's a lot of resistance there when you try to break that habit because like, you're so used to doing it. It's like, okay, you're going to have to, you're going to come up against this element of struggle initially, but it's about getting that leverage on yourself to know that your capacity as a human to hold more energy, to experience more of life gets expanded when you make this moment the number one priority in everything you do. Mm. And you really, you don't have to rush through anything. So, yeah. Yeah. dude, this That's is like, really um, yeah, honestly, bro, this has just been such a, this has been like therapy for me, man. <laughs> talking. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. <laughs> you know, something, that, something that came up, you know, when you were talking about, you were talking about the gym, you were talking about resistance training, right? Mm. Like they call it, they call weight training, resistance training, right? Or, yeah. or like, that might be me being ignorant, but as far as I know, it's like the same thing, right? You're at, when you add weight, you add resistance, right? Yeah. And so if you, look at it, if you look at it like that, when you're going to the gym, you want to be able to pick up heavier things. You want, to, yeah. you want resistance for your muscles. And so how can we pick up heavier emotions? How can we emotionally resistance train so that when the heavy things come up, we know how to lift them up. We know how to deal with them. Yeah. And this is the right. thing that we don't do. We look at the, we look at like the, the heavy emotions that we feel like abandonment and betrayal and loneliness. And we look at all those things as like the 100 kg bar that we're not even going to think of touching. Right. But actually, if you, if you, 
pick up the smaller weights first and and resistance train like where you feel the resistance that's where you go then you know soon enough you'll be kind of like emotionally buff emotionally strong emotion you know what i mean and i just find it funny like you're so no it's so normal to resistance train in the gym but we don't resistance train in our lives we don't we don't go where we feel resistance. Like it's not something that we want. We want to feel comfortable. That's like going to the gym and, and then lifting two kg, like for your whole, for your whole gym <laughs> career, like, cause it's comfortable, right? But you want to resistance train in the gym cause you know it makes you stronger. And it's yeah. exactly the same thing with your emotions. Pick up the heavy emotions, find the heavy emotions and train yourself. Um, but yeah, that was, that's something that came through and I thought yeah. that was actually really interesting. And just to stay with this analogy, because we're onto something here, you go yeah. to the gym, when you're training on your own, it's like, okay, cool. You struggle sometimes with motivation. When you get a personal trainer, shit gets done quick because you've got someone who's right. spotting the bar with you. You're lifting heavier. Yeah. Fucking yeah. life coaching is the exact same. The minute you get a coach yeah. or someone to support you, you start lifting these heavier emotions. You're like lifting that bar up. It's like, mm. let go of yeah. Push through way more. It's like yeah. having that accountability or the trainer or the coach to support you in lifting the heavier dumbbells initially builds that yeah. strength and emotional resilience um yeah. like applying to life or physical training emotional training mental training yeah. mental strength mental resilience it's 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 all like interlinked and combined and um you know we're, we're so big on support and having you know guidance sure. someone who can mentor or coach you or guide you because it it just makes it a whole lot easier you know yeah. I, and i really think there's a not just to bang on about this because we are coaches, but I really think coaches now are the new leaders of the world. And like, actually, you know what? Don't even call it fucking coaches. Just call them leaders. Like anyone who's leader. engaged in this work, anyone who's engaging yeah. in bettering themselves, you are a leader. And it is now a responsibility to look back or look behind you and find out who else is on this journey that I can help. And mm when we drop the label of like, oh yeah, I'm a coach. No, no, you're a leader. You're leading by example by living this way. Then yeah. you get to support someone else. And I actually think this is where it's at, man, because this industry now is like, is so needed. And if, it, if it's come across in an authentic way, then there is so much potential for collective evolution to happen quicker yeah. because sure. people shouldn't have to do the shit in their own. Like, yeah. we, like, like we spoke about before, like people feel like they're on their own right now. You know, yeah. I even have clients who like feel like they're just, they're on their own. There's not, they don't, where are the others? Where are the other people who are on this path? Mm. That's yeah, where it's I definitely, I definitely yeah. kind of, I was definitely looking for that recently. You know, I've, I've, I've gone through my own kind of understanding of not understand, not just understanding, but experience of like feeling alone. And, and then I, you know, I chose to look at it, right. I chose to pick that heavy emotion up and it's now, something that i get to do with other people if i you know if someone tells me they're feeling alone it's like i know how to do this and i can help you you know yeah and it's it's about understanding who are the people in your life or who is someone that you can reach out to that that knows and is capable and is willing right to help you with this stuff because unfortunately there are a lot of kind of spiritual people yeah. who who take it the other way like they take it the other way and say, I'm so evolved. I'm so um, mm. free from whatever else that I'm not even going to look at the other people over there. Right. And, and I feel like, I feel like that is the, the opposite of what we're supposed to do. 
as people, not just coaches forget coaches, like as, as people, we're supposed to be kind of bringing people with us. Right. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the more I get to experience whatever heavy emotions I experience, I just know that it's going to be something that I can show up with someone else and, and help them and support them. Like you said. Yeah. Beautiful mate. Fuck. We've, uh, we've covered a fair bit. I'm, I don't know how to sleep now, mate. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm in the flow here. So yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah but man. if anyone is listening to this conversation live, thank you for joining us. This has been really special, but if anyone who's listening afterwards, appreciate the, the presence, but where can people connect yeah. with you? Jericho, like obviously Instagram, but if anyone wants to continue this conversation, we give you permission to reach out and connect because we're, we're here to support. That's the sure. purpose of why we're doing this to show to people, Hey, like we're, we're having these conversations. If you're resonating, send us a message. You're not alone. Like we're like, we're very comfortable. <laughs> we're very approachable. Yeah. It's totally okay. Um, yeah, uh, you just invite people to connect with you through DM or email. Like what, what's the best way? Yeah. So Instagram is probably the easiest way. I mean, click up there somewhere my name should be there Jericho yeah. Blount if you go to my profile there's also an email if that's more comfortable for you you can just email me there but yeah also just as a as a kind of shameless plug go and listen to my podcast there's an episode with Jordan on there which was a super insightful conversation um, right. around identity and this season is exciting so the deep show go and listen to the deep show yeah highly recommend give it a five-star rating on iTunes I, I, mate, you, <laughs> amazing thank you're, you're a phenomenal interviewer as well. But man, I just want to acknowledge you again for, for the way you show up and the energy you bring because the way I feel in these conversations with you is direct reflection of the energy that you bring. So I, I want to you. acknowledge you for that. And I've told you so many times that I think you deserve to hear it all the time. So thank, thank you, you for the way you're showing up. Thank and you. I know this will be received by the people who, who need to hear it, man, especially during this time. So man thanks thanks again and have an amazing day as i end mine yeah enjoy, thanks, your, man. enjoy your tuesday brother hey there we have it guys thanks so much for listening to this episode and yeah look if you made it this far cool here's my voice again in your ear and i'm gonna make one more request for you is go ahead and subscribe and leave a comment on the podcast page because I'm really putting a lot of focus and attention on getting this podcast out to more people because I know what I'm putting in here can serve and bring value to people. And it would mean a lot if you got value from this to to leave some feedback and, and subscribe so you stay up to date with what's coming up. Um, and as always, follow me on Instagram. And I love hearing from you. It's at State Shifters. And until the next episode, guys, thank you so much and I appreciate you.